You're listening to episode eight of Partnerships and Possibilities, a podcast on leadership. In this episode, The Persuasive Leader, part two. Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Diana. And we're going to be talking about leadership in organizations. Leadership in organization happens at all levels and takes many forms. Well, so so where have we seen these these persuasive instances. Mm-hmm. I, I really I, I resist calling them techniques because I think if we turn them into techniques, we lose the sincerity in them. So the instances of persuasion that we've seen that have been effective, or that we have where we have persuaded someone, where where do we see these attributes showing up? Well, uh, think about somebody that you know. Mm-hmm. You go to lots of conferences. I go to a lot of okay. conferences. Okay, so you hear tons of speakers. I hear And leaders well, of organizations yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Um, in the technical I and mean, the software field, but, right. but never... Think about somebody who you regard as extremely persuasive. Hmm. Who comes to mind? You don't have to name them, but do you, yeah. can you think okay. of someone? Okay, yeah. All right. Describe them to me. Um, it, well, it's interesting because what I'm discovering is, is that as I think about like people I would meet at conferences, um, I'm, I realize that folks in general might be persuasive for me in one arena, but not another. So I don't know if they're across the board persuasive or persuaders. Um, But that said, um, I can definitely think of people who have persuaded me in a certain direction, you know. Because they have... Because credibility. They have credibility credibility in that arena. Because they have credibility in that arena. Okay. All right. And that's fair. I'm not... So like I, I actually think that I'm a person who lets that slop over into other arenas less often. I tend to be pretty compartmentalized about that. You know what? About where credibility lies. I'm not so sure that that's a bad thing. I think that's yeah. true for me too. Yeah. Um, just because somebody is um, persuasive and has influence for me in one arena where I know that they have credibility mm-hmm. and they know what they're talking about. I don't often, you know... Automatically tra- assume. Right. No, 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 yeah. no, no, exactly. Yeah. Right. That's why I said I I think about if right. I need something or, or want... Right. I think about who, who I'm going to talk to or go to right. precisely because of that. There are yeah. very few people that I would give... Right. Uh, that kind of um... well, so I can I can actually give you an instance. Okay. Um, at the most recent Agile 2012 conference. Okay. Uh, the very last keynote speaker was Joe Justice, who talked about his company Wikispeed. Uh huh. And for for people who are not in this arena, what does Wikispeed do? Wikispeed is in the um, was created to find a way to build the 100-mile-per-gallon car. 
that was affordable for everyone. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. And they've done it. Really? They have done it. And and it's a pretty fascinating story. I mean, there's the story, right? Yeah. It's a pretty fascinating story. Um, and, you know, Joe was one of the visionaries or the maybe the starting visionary, but then he connected with some other visionaries that all helped to put this together. Um, so he, because he's been there from the beginning, I, he has credibility for me in terms of what he says about what's going on at Wikispeed, because I know he's sure. been paying attention for the whole time. Um, he, um, so he definitely has credibility. He definitely... Um, even though he was keynoting and, you know, and I was in the audience, the way he told stories and the way he talked about the compelling reasons for having a hundred mile per gallon car and the compelling reasons for building it in an open source kind of way and being as inclusionary as possible, um, in the end, and it, well, in his wonderful stories about his experiences um, going to the big auto shows in Detroit mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the reactions that he was getting mm -hmm. from the automaker execs. Um, which which all of this, if anybody hasn't seen it, is on the Agile Alliance website. Uh, they recorded this keynote. Mm -hmm. So anybody can go listen to the whole thing. But, um, you know, in the end... He told us, you know, if we wanted to be a part of Wikispeed, all we needed to do was go to the website and sign up, and that the thing that they needed most was stable funding, and that the more people they could get who would commit to even a very small amount of money on a monthly basis allowed them to stay out of needing to go look for venture capital and be able to keep doing the kind of testing and building that they needed to do. I signed up, right? Sure. I'm now got donating a small amount every month to help Wikispeed keep going. So he definitely persuaded me. Interesting. And it was, and it was, um, he persuaded me to part with my money. <laughs> and he persuaded me to, to tell his story to other people. Uh-huh. To help, him, to go to help him spread the word. Right. Because, and I think it was a great, um, illustration. Uh-huh. Of, what you need to do to be really persuasive. It was certainly, you know, for me, he yeah. hit all the right buttons. Yeah. In terms of persuading me. So that's a good, that's a good story about yeah. a good storyteller. It yes. sounds like. Yeah. And, well, and he has his data, mm -hmm. but he doesn't lead with his data. Right. Right. For right. when you're ready for it, it's there and you can get it. Right. But it's not, it's, it's about, being a part of something, which is a heart thing. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah. about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you think that most people have a good picture of whether they are credible or... I wonder how many people really even think about it. Mm -hmm. I do, too. I think a lot of folks, particularly folks who have titles, of job titles of one kind or another assume that credibility comes along with the job title. Surely by the fact that I'm called X, I have credibility. And 
I think people will give you that chance once, mm-hmm. but if you blow it, mm-hmm. you don't get it back. Then you just don't have it, and you have to work really hard. I mean, it's if if you use the credibility that comes with your job title once, and then people discover that that really wasn't authentic. Mm-hmm. Then you've broken trust. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know how difficult it is to restore trust once broken. People will extend that to you. You know, oh, it was my manager. This is the executive. This mm-hmm. is my, my church leader, whatever, mm-hmm. by virtue of title. And say, oh, well, there must be some reason he was put in that role. He must know something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She must know something, right? right? Um, and, but the first time that breaks, I think, is... It, then it's really hard to get the credibility back. So title, the credibility that comes along with a title works for a little while, but is very shallow, I think. Mm-hmm. That you really do have to build credibility in other ways. You know, um, I know that there is some research that says yeah. that uh, managers typically overestimate their own credibility. Yeah. And, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and I and I suspect, although I don't know for sure, that that would extend to, to leaders. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how people uh, would get a better picture of that. Mm-hmm. You have any thoughts about that? Yeah, um, actually, I think this would be this is a very good opportunity for the role of seeking feedback from other people. Mm-hmm. Which I believe leaders need to do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's not just the how you know the Ed Koch how am I doing you yeah. know, but it has to be more specific. Uh-huh. You know, I'm trying to get my point across about X. Um, I just had a conversation with you about that. What? How was I? You know, mm-hmm. did 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 you did I tell you a story that was meaningful to you? Did I? Did I did I have the the data that I needed that you know would be you would feel was relevant? Mm-hmm. Did I you know mm-hmm. have I built a relationship with you that where you were even listening to me and not just on a mental vacation? Um, you could ask for that kind of feedback, I think, and and or get or and you can get that from peers. You can get that from a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, there mm-hmm. are lots of ways to get mm-hmm. that mirroring, mm-hmm. but and. It's so hard for us to see ourselves that unless we are requesting that kind of mirroring, I think we're unlikely to know what our impact is on other people. And our, you know, how well we persuade is definitely a part of our impact. Right. So I was just thinking about you as you were speaking yeah. and, and thinking that one of the things that, you know, I know about you after working with you for 20-some <laughs> yeah. years is that you are a very persuasive person. Mm-hmm. I think you are quite good at that. I'm sort of just thinking on the fly here, how is it that you do that? One of, one of the ways that I think you, you do that is um, you are good at telling stories. Mm-hmm. You tell a lot of stories. You bring with you some additional credibility because you read, you listen to people, um, so you have what in our field, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which is not data driven, right. but, but what in our field passes for data, yeah. um, 
that you have at your fingertips because you 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 mm -hmm. keep a bead on it. Mm -hmm. um, I think being persuasive probably also takes a certain amount of courage. Mm. You know, which we we talked about last. We time. talked about last time. He doesn't. You know, yeah. uh, Conger doesn't talk about it in his article, but but I think it does take right. a certain amount of courage because you've got to be in essence advocating a position. Right. And knowing that some people will right. not agree, right. they'll shoot it down or whatever. So you 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 have to be stepping up and stepping out to an yeah. extent. Um, and I think about the things you really believe in. You're mm -hmm. willing to do that. Yes. Well, I think uh, you know in my in terms of my own pers persuadability. I don't know. What, um, I think. Some of it comes from the fact that I I never try to persuade people about something that I don't really believe in. Right. Um, and so, and I'm very careful about that uh, in that sense, I, around the big things. I mean, of course, I'm always persuading people about, you know, where do we want to go to dinner, or, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of the big things, um, you know, it... it I really do look for the, you know, if I'm going to spend that cap, that social capital, which is it's another piece of it, uh, for the in the relationship and stuff. If I'm going to spend the social capital, uh, I'm going to make sure it's something that is it's worth that, you know, that the trade-off is is good because it does. You're right, it does take courage, and it and it takes and a piece of that courage is the willingness, um, the willingness to be vulnerable. And I think that's the piece that we talked about, like in the, making the mistakes. Mm -hmm. The the comp that piece, the compromise piece, mm -hmm. requires. I I gotta say I don't know it all, mm -hmm. and I want to hear what you have to say mm -hmm. as well, so that we can find this common solution. Mm -hmm. And um, and I don't, you know, I don't care. I I can do that. I don't. I don't. I don't care about doing that, right? Right, because you have no need to I don't hold have any, up yeah. to hold up an image uh, of yeah. being, you know, perfect or knowing yeah. everything. Right. It's yeah, just, I let go of that a long time ago. <laughs> so speaking of knowing uh, that mm. people who feel like they have to like know everything, if you were a leader, let, let's say you had been moved into an organizational role mm -hmm. where you're in a pretty high level leadership role, mm -hmm. and you. Come out of the hotel business, and all of a sudden you're in the automobile business, mm -hmm. and you have to know stuff, right, mm -hmm. to be credible. But you don't know stuff because you right. don't know that business. Right. How could you gain that credibility? I mean, you have some thoughts. Well, I think it'd be it one one way uh, would be who do who do you align yourself with? Who do you go to for? mentorship for you know to help you learn to be be willing to say I need to learn more about this business mm -hmm. and very carefully choose people who are going to help you learn the pieces that you need to learn yeah and be pretty open about that you need that at least short-term mentoring until you can get up to speed one of the things that always um, uh, surprises me is when someone moves into a new role, into a new company, into a new industry, whatever, and we see this happen all the time, 
And rather than spending some time learning it, they start they start wanting to make changes right away because it's not the way they're familiar with. Right. And it creates a lot of disruption. And, you know, very often they don't last beyond a couple of years, but they have a golden parachute. So maybe that doesn't matter. I guess it matters only in how you gauge your own success. Well, <laughs> but, it certainly matters to yeah. the rest of the And it certainly matters to everybody else. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but I do think that taking that time, making sure that you know what you're talking about in the new arena and, and you find that you can find that out by, you know, reading up. You could find that out by Yeah, but if research. you're a really busy But if person, you're really busy, then you need to have some trusted advisors. Yeah. You know, and and, 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 and know how to assemble that group of trusted advisors. Right. And that is hugely an executive leadership skill. Yeah. Who are my trusted advisors? And so how do I let them persuade me? Right. So, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one of the things I've noticed is yeah. that there are certain people in high-level leadership roles who are the kind of people who will not hesitate to bring in an industry expert right. or a university professor and pick yeah. their brain. Right. You know, pay them. I mean, I, you know, I don't mean mm. to do it, you know, right. inappropriately, but, but to use the expertise that's out there and to let themselves exactly be influenced and persuaded. Yeah. And those people model that kind of learning, that kind of, I don't have to know everything, but I, but I know how to get what I need to right. know. Right. And then, I know how to learn. Right. And then they yeah. allow that and sanction that for other people in their organization. That is really, I think really special when you see that. Yeah. yeah. And, and it tends to occur in in a company over and over again, that it's a culture yeah. where that is valued. Right. You know, we're bringing in people from the outside who know stuff yeah. or have certain expertise where that's a good thing. That's it's a not a thing. sign of weakness. Yeah. Yeah. I look for that um, actually when I talk to people who are in startups, mm -hmm. you know, who are you know, CEOs or C CIOs of four-person companies, right, or whatever. But but or maybe a little further along, maybe they're up to their you know they they've matured to the place where they've now got a dozen people or something like that. But but whether they are you know well, I'm the technical expert here, and so I know everything about this, and I'm going to move forward, or the kind of person who says, you know, I know a lot about the technology, but I'm less clear about what it means to be a startup, or how to build a company, right. or all the other questions. Right. I mean, there's so many questions. Right. Um, depending on, you know, I'm, I'm much more drawn to those entrepreneur leaders who have that ability to learn and I think my in as I very quickly sort through the ones I know and I think the ones who are more willing to do that to bring in outside expertise to keep learning mm -hmm. are the ones who tend to be more successful 
well, and it's not sure. just a matter of doing customer development. I mean, learning from customers is important, right. but there's other kinds of learning that needs to happen as well. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's um, there was a model developed a um, number of years ago called the Service Corps of Retired Executives. Oh, right. And I, I know that they're still in business. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how many people know about them or use them, but it was developed along that premise that if somebody is starting a business, they may have a certain kind of expertise that, you know, uh, is great, but surely... But not broad enough. Right. They're not yeah. going to know everything they need to know about starting and developing a company. So what if... What if there's a way that they can very inexpensively hook up with people who um, have lived that life, know that terrain, are retired and want to give back, and um, you know they can mm -hmm. partner up. And uh, I, I think that model is a great model. I don't know how many people in the technology arena are would see, yeah, would yeah. see that as relevant. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, so the, there, the, yeah, the, well, but so what you're saying is that there are, because there's, cause there's kind of a double-edged sword here, you know, we're saying reach out to people and build your trusted advisors, but what if you don't even know what you don't know? You know, how, how do you well, figure out who to reach out to? Right. And a resource like SCORE right. is a place that could help you with that. Right. It's help you sort of what do I what don't I know that I really need to know. Right. And exactly. who do you have who could help me with that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's an yeah. And you know, they have an office well, they have, they have offices, offices in everywhere. Most, yeah. most cities, certainly. Yeah. At least yeah. most US cities. I don't know yeah. if they're worldwide. Do you? Mm, no, I don't know. Yeah. But I think it this is a government sponsored yeah. Um, it's part of the Small Business Administration. Right. Yeah. So I would yeah. imagine that it's just U.S. based. Yeah. yeah. But there, there probably is something comparable for yeah. foreign. In a lot of, yeah, in a lot of other countries, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. So this is really interesting, the, the, this kind of exploration we've been doing about, um, about persuasion. But yeah, but we've yeah. been talking and, and about wanna... the credibility side. Yeah. What if, what if you were... Good on that side, but light on the relationship side. Yeah. What would what would be some of the things that you might want to do if you were light on the relationship side? Well, I think um, there there's the networking, right? Mm -hmm. And we talked last time about um, uh, Dave Logan and tribal leadership and the whole idea of creating triads. Mm -hmm. Well, you can you could create a triad by saying. Uh, I know I know Sharon's really expertise at this, and I know Willem is also expertise, so I want to get them together, right? And now we've got a triad. But I could also do it by saying, um, you know, there's something I think I need to learn or some somebody I need to persuade, but I need to understand more about the situation. I wonder if Sharon knows anyone. Right. That I could, you know, so I right. can, even if I'm not the person sort of in the catbird seat, I could still initiate the triad and begin to grow that network in that way. Right. And, um, and I think that's, you know, reaching out for those 
those kinds of relationships is important. Yeah. And I think if you were new in an organization and you were yeah. wanting to visit that, I mean, to develop that kind of network, yeah. you know, one of the things that I don't think there's any replacement for is right. just, you know, feet on the ground. Right. Getting out and visiting people. Right. Walking around. with people. One-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. yeah. You know, Seeing what other people's workspaces look right. like. Yeah. There's no replacement for that. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's a, that's also a, a role that, to, you know, just as a matter of professionalism, uh, making time in your life to connect with um, your professional associations mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. those kinds of things becomes becomes important, or community groups that you believe in, or yeah, yeah, really taking. I'm trying to figure, it seems to me that if, if I'm trying to persuade someone about something that really of significance, I mean, I'm not, you know, not talking about, I'm going to persuade you to let me get on the elevator first or that sort of thing, but something of real significance. I think there's also the relationship building power of, my passion for this thing, why I believe it is significant, mm -hmm. um, and why I believe that you would also benefit by getting on board, you know, with it in mm -hmm. whatever whatever mm -hmm. way. Um, there is there is that, and people I think are drawn in a relationship kind of way. People are drawn to other folks who have passion, mm -hmm. particularly if there's mm -hmm. alignment around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I'm wondering um, if we should maybe, as a next step, think about um, talking about storytelling, because it sounds like um, there's a, a thread that that's mm -hmm. run through the last few, and even in terms of communicating that passion you were just talking yes. about, yeah, it's it that comes through. Yeah, um, you communicate passion through stories better than through bulldozing. <laughs> Is that a quotable line? <laughs> it may be. <laughs> so, yeah. so maybe next time we yeah. should we should talk about storytelling. Yeah, I think that'd be a fun topic. I'll bring my jammies. Okay. <laughs> So, um, as a listener to this podcast, how do you believe you use your credibility and what are the sources of your credibility when you're trying to persuade other people? And how do you use the relationships in your life to help you make the world better, which is a persuasive effort, make the world better for you and others? Do you have any questions or thoughts? please leave a comment on our blog or email us at leadershippodcast at gmail.com. This has been Episode 8 of Partnerships and Possibilities, a podcast on leadership. Thanks for listening.